0: Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members, as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts.
1: Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Williams, formerly Kristen Bulat, and um, I'm excited to share with you a series of case studies. We're going to have several voices on the podcast today and in the next few episodes where we're talking about some success stories. And kicking us off is Matt Carbrey, who is a new partners financial firm. His business is Ridgeline Financial, and he is officially the chief cook and bottle washer over there in Avon, Connecticut. So Matt, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Kristen.
1: You and I, when we were getting our sort of prep done, we've talked about kind of two different Strategies or ways to approach some cases. So, and I think we'll have enough time. If if you're willing, we could run through both of them. Sure. The first one was, you, you called it why we do what we do and how we can take sometimes less than stellar news and pivot it to really help a client in their situation. So we want to jump into that one.
0: Yeah, sure thing, Kristen. So we have a client that I've worked with for the last 10 or so years, And how I was introduced to this client originally was from a CPA that I have a close relationship with. Uh, I've done a lot of exit and succession planning meetings throughout the country. Uh, Business owners attend those. And we were brought in. um, I was brought in shortly after the CPA in a case in which the father died unexpectedly. So here we have a multi-location business. Uh, that very successful in the industry that it was in and that it currently is in, which is commercial roofing. And we've got family members in the business and some of them have the acumen to run a business and others are just kind of there collecting a paycheck. And we need to figure this all out. So we ultimately figured it all out. The, The client has become a really good client. We handle all aspects of his planning And as of recently, the conversation shifted to, well, you know what, I think a concept that may make a lot of sense, and and I'll tell you for full disclosure, it's something that I did on myself and my spouse, is premium financing. And it's premium financing, whereas the policy is owned in a Survivor Lifetime Access Trust. So it's getting you all the benefits of getting the policy death benefit outside of your estate, having some language in there that gives you increased accessibility, should you have a need for that in terms of the policy cash value? Um, and just taking advantage of what was at the time a very low interest rate environment. Um, it's still historically low and uh, not as favorable as it once was. So we started down that path. We worked on building uh, out some illustrations. And, and um, I had underwritten my client uh, and his wife many times over the past 10 years. Now, the one thing to remember from this conversation was the fact that I got brought in originally when his father died of a heart attack. Uh, So that's certainly in the medical history, the family medical history. Well, we're getting to the finish line. We're waiting on an approval from the carrier. And the carrier comes back and says, this is an absolute 100% decline. And I said, interesting. Um, Well, what's the reason for the declination? Well, the reason is that the levels, the, the cardiac levels were through the roof and far outside of anything that we would ever consider. And I thought to myself, I I don't know if they're talking about the same person here. So I reached out to the client. The client said, Matt, you know, when you have a couple of seconds, can I give you a call? Okay, now this was on a Thursday or a Friday and here we are on a Monday or a Tuesday. And the client and I had a conversation. The conversation went as follows. Matt, you know, I guess I've got to come clean. I've had some, some tests done. Um, And I just recently got the results and I've got cancer that there's a 50% probability that I'm going to live a couple more years. And and here you have a guy who's 44 years of age, right? Three young girls. And I think it makes you really seriously think about the reason we do what we do, number one, um, and having the appropriate amount of insurance that was already in place. The additional insurance, the premium financing was just going to strengthen his insurance portfolio, Um, But we had to pivot and we had to move in a different direction. When you get that type of news as an advisor and someone who handles all aspects of this family's financial planning, uh, you know, it it certainly throws a wrench in things. Um, But, you know, I immediately researched all the insurances that I've written and there were four or five term policies and we determined that they were all convertible and thankfully with good insurance carriers, which is a lesson I learned a long time ago that you know, who you write the term insurance with isn't always who's the cheapest. It's who's got the best conversion options and the best coverages for, for permanent insurance. So we ultimately have come to the point now where we are working on converting the existing policy. But before we do that, and Kristen, you've been instrumental in this, we are changing the ownership to the recently established Survivor Lifetime Access Trust. We're changing the beneficiary. We are pretty much 95% done with the credit application side of this. So, the end result is going to be that the client gets what is now much needed permanent insurance in an uninsurable situation, um, and we continue to leverage premium financing as we originally thought. Unfortunately, we can't get the additional coverage that we wanted, but the amount of coverage that he has is still significant enough where it's it's the right thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, you know I think it's it's an interesting way to relook at a client's existing portfolio. you know we have the notion of we're going to buy new covered and finance that. And sometimes, you know, what already is in place is really good insurance and we can convert it and finance. And, you know, in this situation, the family will be taken care of and you're paying for it in a really efficient manner. So I think that that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to work out the best that it possibly could work out. And we still are in the process of underwriting the wife and we're going to get Premium financed coverage on her with the original intended carrier, so it's it's as good of as an end result as we could have. Um, you know, the client is optimistic. The client is is a is a tough uh, commercial roofer, and he's going <laughs> to fight the good fight. And, and yeah, God willing,ly yeah, yeah. that that all the treatments that he is going to be faced with uh, they take. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's uh, again, it just was a reminder why. I do what I do and why I've been doing it for 20 years and the importance as a financial planner where I'm not an insurance first person, but I fully believe that insurance needs to be the foundation of any sort of a portfolio because I can plan for retirement and sending your kids to school and purchasing that wonderful vacation home. But if something happens early on, especially, then all of that is derailed. So um, it, it really kind of is bringing me full circle with why I got in the business when I did 20 years ago, which was on the insurance side. And even though financial planning is at the core of what we do, we don't lose sight of insurance.
1: Imagine if, you, if he had never taken the insurance that you recommended, or if you didn't have that methodology of we sell term insurance that's good insurance with quality carriers, it's convertible. If you had some, you know, you bought the cheapest term and that that was all he had, you know, that would be a much different conversation you'd have to
0: have. It would be. I mean, can you imagine if we wrote a bunch of insurance with a low cost carrier that didn't have conversion options? And here we are looking at six to $8 million of term insurance that he very well could outlive and never will be in a position for the foreseeable future to be able to get additional coverage.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that story with us today, Matt. It's it's nice sometimes, you know, we were talking about we get caught up in what's next or what the tax law is doing or how do we solve this complicated process. It's, it's refreshing to be reminded that we do good things for people and we're in this business for a reason. So thank you for sharing that today. You're welcome. My next case study is with Steve Barley. Gertie Tegler and Varley. Steve is both a partner at Gertie Tegler and Varley and an insurance czar. And he's here to talk to us about some things that are working for him in his business. So Steve, thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you very much for that kind introduction. Thank you, Kristen. You're welcome. Well, I wanted to dummy it down a little bit today. We're a we're a black and tackle firm. We're we're hit what's pitched. And so often we go out to clients and we're referred in to help them solve uh, a current need or just an existing or excuse me a new need or a uh, existing policy that's in trouble so we end up sitting down with the client and a a big part of our our uh, company or a big part of our production has to do with term we love term insurance it's really what you see is what you get solves a need for a time frame and it has convertibility options so you protect your insurability uh, for a lifetime. And we've had a couple cases recently that we've had some term conversions, both in a new case um, and in an existing client that kind of can come up. I'm, I'm sure other people have had this, but it's always on top of mind for our firm. So I could explain a little bit more about those. Uh, the first case had to do with we were referred in. It's a typical way of getting referred in by an attorney for a second to die need for a new client. And as we get into the conversation, um, it's obvious to us that there are a lot of other policies that they have for their first-to-die needs they've accumulated over the years. So in this particular client, we're at their home and we're going through their home office, uh, literally picking out files from their file cabinet and saying, oh, we have this one. Oh, we have this one. So we did an inventory of all their current products and it ended up being a lot of terms, some UL and all all the like. And so that was a part of our conversation. Um, In going through the underwriting for the second to die, the husband had some health issues. So now the conversation really turned back to their existing products as to what they have, what it will do. And of course, a lot of it was term. And so going through their policies, um, some of their term was with North American. So working with Windsor, we were able to go through a process of finding out what's the convertibility availability. Uh, what kind of products are available? And we modeled that for the client. And at the end, we sent them a grid of all the different term products and all the different um, pricing for different uh, guarantees to age 90, 85. And they were able just to circle what they wanted based on our conversations and email it back after a Zoom call. So it was able to really help the client's second to needs needs by using some of this first to um coverage uh, to kind of warehouse the insurance. So that was kind of the, you know, by just inventorying a, a person's messiest drawer, we were able to find um, a solution to a client's need on a term conversion.
1: And Steve, yep. how did you use the first to die term that you converted to meet some of their second to die needs?
2: We ended up moving that into a trust and then that, that policy will just be warehoused um, for assuming that the husband will die first and then the family will use that um, uh, for, for their planning as they go forward.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. Um, okay. And we were able to stop some of the premiums. They were almost paid up policies. So they were able to uh, save some money and do things like that. So, just a lot of those things, which they had no idea what they had.
1: Yeah. That just speaks to the importance of doing an inventory of what you've got and figuring out, you know, where their efficiencies and where their redundancies.
2: No, exactly. And, and if you would have watched the process, it was a two hour process of literally going through a file cabinet of things. So it was, uh, it ended up working in the end, but some folks may think you're crazy when you're sitting there going through all these files, but it was I needed. And it was um, a great solution for the client. Mm -hmm. Um, The second uh, case is really just a um, example of the planning all of us do. Um, And this happened to do with an existing client, happened to be with an existing client that years ago, I started planning with the husband and wife when they had five children. Uh, They ended up having nine children. Um, So the term insurance was a great fit because they needed a lot of insurance for their needs. uh, But affordability was an issue. So we went through the pros and cons of permanent versus term, uh, but explained that this term would always have convertibility and you'd be able to protect your insurability for a lifetime. Um, We talked about that in our process. We explained the difference between permanent and term. We talked about the process of us choosing the term product um, and why it's important to go with the quality company of our partners uh, because there is favorable term convertibility options there's less of those today where you're forced into a product that's so mispriced that people won't convert so we do a lot of that on the front end Um, this client husband and wife the wife unfortunately passed away three years ago so we were able to pay the claim and solve all the planning needs that we had for this husband and his children way back in the day. Um, Fast forward, and oh, by the way, in the the 10 years that they had the policy, the husband then was diagnosed with type one diabetes. So now since the death of his spouse, fast forward a couple of years, he's now getting remarried. And this first to die uh, term policy that he still has uh, really is gonna be used now, we're gonna reposition it for him to help equalize the estate between his new spouse and the blended family that they have, so now the term has to go further than what it was originally planned. And of course, with type one diagnosis, he's not going to get the preferred best ratings or even close to that with new new policy. So it comes that the term conversion ends up being a great solution, not from not only an affordability standpoint versus a new policy, but now he can take that to age ninety. And take care of all his new needs. So we were repositioning that product. So it's just a case of block and tackle planning, but just always having that as your process of going through the need, the time frame you need the need, and then what can you afford and what's the most appropriate product?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of the block and tackle planning that you, you revisit as the clients age and their needs change. And you know, you you had the death claim and now you're doing a state equalization with and you know, the term charts that they bought ages ago and that was the most they could afford it's, it's a great story and a nice way of thinking about using term
2: and we, and we use it along the way Kristen, we'll we'll bring up every 2 years we'll send a letter showing the new term pricing and convertibility options so we're always talking about it so it becomes top of mind or at least is familiar to them when we bring it up in our in our meetings as we service the contract
1: yeah i like that that you have that standardization of every 2 years you get an update on your policies and what your options are. (laughs) It works well. Sounds like it. Well, Steve, thank you for jumping on the podcast with us and sharing those two case studies. I appreciate your time.
2: Thank you very much, Kristen. Always happy to help and I love being a member of partners and I'm happy to help anyone I can. So hopefully this helps someone. And if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a call.
1: Sounds great, thank you. Thank you. Today I have Jeff Ostrom, Managing Director at Financial Architects Partners. He's here to talk to us about a case specifically keeping with his theme of sales through service. So Jeff, thanks for jumping on today.
3: Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, I I feel like I have a really strong example of a service to sales case study that I can share. Um, Some of you that were in attendance in Austin heard John Gilmartin and I talk about the reporting that we have, the platform that we have, the approach that we have for not only providing comprehensive annual servicing for our clients, but using that as a way to upsell and add revenue and provide additional solutions for our clients. So I'll begin by sharing what our mindset is going into each of these annual reviews. So our goal really, our goals One is to get updated on family, business, planning, be good listeners, and through that, kind of remind them about the great rapport that we already have, reestablish that rapport, get us out of a salesperson role, get them out of a consumer or buyer role, and put us squarely in the role of trusted advisor, which is where we want to be. The second part of the review is just to go through the actual portfolio. And this is the shortest part of the meeting. Um, Regardless of what we need to share with them, uh, this should be pretty easy, pretty straightforward. We've been setting expectations and for the most part, reviewing this every year with the family. And very often the advisors are invited to this meeting, I should mention. The last thing, the biggest thing, the thing we'll focus on in this talk is we always share a new idea or a new strategy. Sometimes we will have that discussion just as a concept and we will talk them through what other families, similar stage of wealth, similar stage of life, similar planning goals, how they're using other life insurance strategies. We'll talk about it as a concept, but very often, we are already prepared with modeling that is specific to the family. So we will build a handful of pages to walk them through that. So the case study I wanted to talk about today is actually a project that we're working on with Richard Harrison. So Richard Harrison, longtime um, Partners member and someone who I have really started to appreciate is um, a big believer in client service and administration. His clients, the ones that we've worked on with him so far, they love him. They're lo- he's got a longstanding relationship with these clients. He is absolutely a trusted advisor. And the way I know that he's committed to service is that he always gets an invitation to have another meeting with these families. They are welcoming him uh, to review the portfolio, actively manage it, and share new ideas. So here's the quick fact pattern on Richard's client that we're working with. G1 is dad. He's in his 80s. Um, Several years ago, he purchased $15 million of fully guaranteed coverage on four of his children. His children today are in their late 50s, early 60s. Each of those four children established a um, islet for the benefit of G3, obviously the grandchildren. Um, and fast forward to today, each of them have become more wealthy. Um, they are not necessarily in as good of health, but they're all, insure, they're all insurable. And so the idea, and it was really Richard's idea was, we have this dormant cash value in these existing no-lapse policies, and it's not being leveraged. Um, So could we find a way to buy more coverage, keep our annual outlay the same or lower, and bottom line, add incremental benefit to those islets? So Richard scheduled a call. We got on a Zoom with, again, the patriarch of the family who made all the decisions in buying the insurance the first time and really would be the driver of this um, strategy moving forward. We talked him through the concept. We did build uh, models. And we simply showed him that by using premium finance, instead of paying the ongoing premiums for the existing no lapse policies, we use that as an interest payment. And we roll that premium into the new loan. And obviously we are going to use that cash value as the start collateral uh, for the bank financing. So it was very easy to use one of the four children as the uh, modeling um, for the concept. The client understood it right away. Of course, we had to do a great deal of education around premium finance. He really understood the families used all their exemption. Um, He really did understand not only the financial leverage of premium finance, but the gift leverage. And the fact that when a bank lends to these islets, there is no gift. So um, what were the results? Um, And we're we're basically done with these uh, at the moment, but by Going out to all of the banks and representing them the way that we do, we were able to get all four loans from one bank. So that gave us great loan terms. We bought new coverage, and we designed it so that there was, again, using the existing cash value, there was no gap collateral. There was no need for outside collateral um, throughout the whole program. The existing cash value plus the the Cash value accumulation in the new coverage was enough to fully collateralize the loan, so we were able to um, add an additional 10 million or more for each of these siblings. So all four siblings were able to add 10 million of incremental death benefit to the trust with no additional outlay, and in some cases less than the premium that they're paying today. No gift. And what we loved about it was we inherited a new advisor as well. There's a uh, estate planning attorney that we did not know that was savvy around life insurance, but had not seen a premium finance program or design the way that we built it. Um, So he's looking upon that as very favorably. So we get to implement this. Richard gets to feel great about being a trusted advisor and adding more value to the family. And then when we're done, we'll add, ask for more referrals of this client. So it's a great example of doing right by the client, staying, staying with the client, providing new strategies, upselling for more revenue, and then continuing to market. So I, th- I hope that's helpful.
1: It was. Thank you. I I always love the idea of using premium finance to fund existing insurance as well as new insurance, and then you know the premiums that you were paying, that money gets repositioned into into the interest. It's a really efficient model. Um, and as you were talking, I also thought it makes a lot of sense to when you do a review with a client to come in with an idea already in your back pocket. But I was wondering. How many times you have to pivot because the family gives you a new piece of fact about you know, their situation that really sort of changes? Are you in enough con- communication with the client through your regular servicing that you rarely get those, hey, surprise, we're getting divorce calls? Or is that you know sometimes you pivot mid-conversation?
3: Yeah, I think, I think the dynamic for us is, and for many, Um, At partners, is usually that our clients have gotten wealthier. And although they may be active with their estate planning attorney and deploying many of the kind of tried and true traditional estate planning strategies, there's probably a place for more life insurance coverage. But the other thing is the strategies don't always have to hit. I feel like us giving them awareness, if we have done our job, we've set expectations that it's, it's our role and responsibility to share new ideas as to how wealthy families are using life insurance. If we don't do it, someone else will. So that's always the invitation to share the new idea. Um, and it doesn't always have to hit. It doesn't always have to resonate. But we've done our job by sharing. Uh, but very often it does, especially these days in this climate with premium finance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, a, that's a nice way of sort of putting some pressure, taking pressure off of the situation. The idea doesn't have to hit, but we've done our job by bringing you a new idea. So yeah, you I like you that.
3: Ought to know what other families are doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jeff. I appreciate you sharing this idea with us.
3: Thank you, Kristen. My pleasure.